and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Isakos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Dr. Manus Biliakis, we're more than happy to have Dr. Kevin Shea from the Lucille Parker Children's Hospital at Stanford University in Palo Alto, United States with us today. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published article titled Pediatric Reference Anatomy for ACL Reconstruction and Secondary Anterolateral Ligament or Lateral Extraarticular Tenodesis Procedures in the Journal of Physicos. Hello, Kevin, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. So before you start, maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific background. Uh, yes, uh, Andrew, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, thank you for your time this morning. Um, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, my practice is primarily sports medicine and pediatric trauma. And I also do a fair amount of anatomy research based on a, a cadaver dissection program that we started about 15 years ago. And we've dissected probably approaching about 250, 270 knees here over the last uh, 15 years, including uh, two weeks ago, we dissected about 40 knees two weeks ago at a, you know, one of our research partnerships in Denver, Colorado. Great, perfect. So how did you come up with this study? Well, one of the, the challenges we face in, in kind of the pediatric adolescent young adult world is the, the risk of ACL tear is high, as, as many of us know, but unfortunately the risk of repeat tear is quite high as well. And a lot of the research over the last 10 years is it really, I think, focused on reducing the risk of recurrent ACL tears in young, highly active individuals, both male and females. And so uh, research has been looking increasingly at different anatomy approaches to ACL, including some supplemental procedures, including procedures on the lateral aspect of the knee that will uh, try to reinforce and reduce the risk of secondary ACL tears. And so a lot of the research we do is looking at the anatomy of the pediatric knee and looking at the growth plates and making sure that a procedure we might do in an adult with a growth plate is also safe to do in a younger athlete who may have an open growth plate. And obviously in younger athletes, you want to avoid direct injury to the growth plates during surgery. Okay, so, so you looked at the lateral or postolateral aspect of the knee. Since you have investigated pediatric knee specimens ranging from two months to 10 years, did you see any differences in knee development over the range of these 10 years? Yeah, that's a great question. We have noticed that, um, you know, the anatomy of the knee is pretty constant, but there are some things that seem to change and evolve with growth and development. In some of the younger knees, um, some of the thickenings of the anterolateral knee capsule aren't as apparent in the younger knees, but as the children get older, those caps or thickening seem to become more obvious and, and more distinct. And so I think part of that may just be the development of the knee and the activity of the child. As the child grows and develops, they put more load on the knee and the knee tissues respond accordingly. So, so I think some of these tissues do evolve and maybe gain in size, strength, and definition uh, with age. We've also noticed that some of the relationships uh, may change a little bit, not just the type and thickness of the tissue, but maybe its relationship to the physis. So we look carefully at where is the physis and where are these structures, especially to help guide your, your surgical anatomy reference points when you do ligament reconstructions. And how did you quantify your measurements in your study? Yeah, there's uh, a couple of ways we did that. First, we have a group of expert surgeons, uh, expert sports medicine surgeons work collectively as a group to dissect knees. We dissect knees uh, in typically groups of two uh, expert surgeons, and then we pause and look at our dissections collectively as a group. Um, we also uh, take careful measurements throughout the dissection to sort of document the structures and tissues at various stages uh, during the dissection. As you go through layers of tissue, you want to document what those layers look like, especially as you go from one layer to another layer. And then the other thing that we've done is we'll place markers, small metallic markers, 
in key uh, reference points. So center of ligaments or center of the physis or other structures. And then after that, we can either take additional photos, but also get high resolution CT scans. And the beauty of the CT scans is when you look at the reference markers and the CT scans, you can very carefully see the relationship between these specific structures and the growth plates. And so that will help guide your thinking about the anatomy of the growth plate, the anatomy of the ligaments, and then designing surgical procedures that respect the physis and also allow you to reproduce the anatomy of the ligaments. Right, so if you look at your article, what is your most important finding of this study? I think uh, you know one of the goals is to make sure we can do these procedures safely in patients with open growth plates. And we showed that the, the location, if you will, the envelope of these ligaments uh, within the knee joint is uh, within the physis area so that you can actually do the procedure safely and not directly injure the physis with precise uh, selection of your anchor points for your ligament reconstructions. Okay, so um, did the results from your article change your clinical practice? And if yes, how did they change? Yeah, I think we're, we're still understanding the role of uh, lateral extraticular tenodesis uh, procedures in young athletes. Um, those, the, uh, the indications for the procedure are still evolving and changing, but I think what this uh, research allowed me to do is feel comfortable that I could safely do these procedures without injuring the growth plate. And I think future research by a number of researchers, Dr. Getgood and others will help us figure out who needs these procedures. And when we decide which patients need these procedures, we can do it safely without risk of injury to the growth plate. So finally, what would be your clinical advice in regards to your results compared to an adult ACL? Um, I, I think that the technique that is used in the adult patient uh, continues to evolve a little bit. There is some variation in, in how this is done, but I think that several of the techniques that are described out there in adults are uh, safe and compatible with pediatric knee anatomy. I think being aware, especially of that femoral anatomy, that lateral femoral physis, being aware of that when you're placing your ligament uh, attachment point is pretty important, but many of the adult procedures can be safely done as long as you're aware you don't want to get too high or too close to the growth plate. The other point I might make is that the attachment on the tibial side, we did see some variation in the attachment. Sometimes it was at the physis, above the physis, or below the physis. I think we can do that procedure leaving the iliotibial band intact on the tibia and not have to worry about the physis and just use that tissue to attach the place in the appropriate anatomic position on the femur while respecting the physis. Perfect. Thank you, Kevin, once again for, for your time and uh, for sharing your knowledge uh, about the article and the specifics about uh, pediatric knee uh, injuries, especially in ACL injuries. So uh, hopefully we'll have you back for our next podcast with your next publication in the Journal of Isacos. Great. Well, Andrew, it's a pleasure to work with you and uh, maybe we'll see you on the mountain biking trails near uh, München sometime in the future, all right? We will. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Andreas. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isacos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.